attention architects, and creative minds. Get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. Thank you to Incarb for their support of this podcast episode. Visit incarb.org slash AOP and contribute to the analysis of practice survey today. Context and Clarity has been called a community-based pro-practice masterclass for architects. It's awfully high praise, but since we began this journey back in April of 2020, we've certainly grown into a community of small firm architects, all focused on what matters most to their success. And by the way, it doesn't matter if you're the employee of a firm that's dreaming of going out on your own, or you've owned your own firm for 26 years. There's something here for everyone. And that's where you come in. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Context and Clarity Podcast. Every week, we have a conversation with an expert or a thought leader on things that matter most to the success of architects just like you. Then we go backstage with someone from our community and we talk about what we learned, what our biggest takeaways were, and how we're going to apply what we heard to our own businesses. In this episode, we talked to Jane Walton. She's an organization design consultant and the author of Work is Art. Many small firm architects that I know are just that because they want to practice their art. That's one reason I think Jane's latest book may resonate with you. She's no stranger to architecture. She literally grew up in an architecture office. So when Jane reframes the way you do business, she does it in terms that you use. She thinks about your business from the point of view of art and design. For this episode, our backstage guests are Farmington, Michigan-based architect Kenneth Crutcher and Morrisville, Vermont-based architect Jay Caroli. Ken is the founder of Crutcher Studio and an adjunct professor at Lawrence Technical University. Jay is the principal architect of Great Blue Heron Studio Architects and a managing member of development firm Place LLC. 
I'm curious to hear their takeaway. So let's go backstage and listen in as my co-host, Catherine McPhail, Ken, Jay, and I talk about our conversation with Jane Walton. Did our conversation with Jane about turning your work into art, did that resonate with you and what you do? I hadn't thought about it that way. I guess it's probably more appropriate. I have my life and work as art. I mean, if you look at my office, I wouldn't call that a work of art. <laughs> I love the idea. And I was excited to see some. So after the Jesse Cole conversation a couple of weeks ago, which was not in my realm, I'm not going to wear a yellow tuxedo and a, and a, and a, and a top hat. Um, but, but so I was looking for Jane. I might. I'm, I was looking for Jane um, to kind of tie it together in, in, a, in a more um, professional sounds uppity, but in a more professional bow for me. So to say, to say, you know, this is um, what an architect's office looks like in a yellow tuxedo and top hat, maybe. Um, I got a lot of good sound concepts, but I'm not, I I didn't tie it to art. I was uh, originally thinking that she was going to talk about our, all of our architectural work being art, but I think really what she was talking about is our um, being present for people and having our interactions and our work culture be more artful or maybe just lovely. If you think of it that way is, are all your, are all your interactions lovely with people? You could say, well, yes or no, or I'm kind of a jerk this to this person or whatever. And so I don't know. I, I, I was kind of surprised that she was talking about the interpersonal uh, artfulness rather than you should have um, you know, like this shade of gray on your walls with this much artwork and whatever in the physical space. That's what I said. It was something I never thought about, but to hear her put it into words, it's like, yeah, it, it, it kind of makes sense. I, I guess I tried it. I think I tried to be that way, but I was like, I didn't, had never put words to it. That came up this morning in a way, I guess, on Clubhouse, where um, I think Christian mentioned, well, Catherine could write a book um, about how architecture is, is like Scottish fiddle. And I think that's maybe part of what we're struggling with is, you know, the idea of work as art as a way to frame these concepts. I was, now I, I have read her book and I have worked with Jane in the past. So, you know, full transparency, I have a little bit of background there. Uh, if you want to know more about Jane and her work, a really great resource would just to be go over to the Entree Architect podcast. She's been, she's had, I think it's six conversations with Mark on the Entree Architect podcast. I, I think I was even a little bit surprised at the um what you mentioned before the interpersonal relationships right it's just kind of hanging a lot of this on the relationships and the the part about how we do the work that being our didn't surprise me at all but going to the depth of the relationship aspect of it i guess um surprised me a little bit i i still and again one of the reasons i that that I probably that I enjoy this so much. And I mentioned this in the intro is that 
she and I do things very, very similarly. We have even some similar language and similar process, but we focus on different aspects of, of, of firms of, you know, the, the practice of architecture. You really have to start externally, which is the contrast and scale. So the contrast is all about how are you, what makes you stand out? How are you different from other firms? And, you know, I look at a lot of architecture web pages and some, a lot of them, some of them are saying the same things and some of them, your clients aren't going to understand a word you said and it, but it sounds beautiful. <laughs> so that's something to kind of look at, but it's, how are you standing out when someone comes to you and looks at you, what are they coming to you for? So how do you want to stand out and how do you, how, how are you going to communicate that? That's important for especially if you have folks working for you, that they can then deliver on that. So it's kind of getting clear on that contrast on how are you different and does that even matter to your clients? Is that important to them? And, or is there something that is more important to them? So it's looking at that kind of connection is what you're selling resonating with folks. And if it's something, you know, it should be something unique and you want to pull in the customers that will appreciate that and, 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 kind of see eye to eye with that, that you're in, in sync together. And then from there, I look at scale, which is, so how deep or wide do you want to be? Are you a generalist? Are you a specialist? So if you're a generalist, you know, typically you're competing against a lot of generalists. And so you want to kind of plant deep roots uh, locally where you are. If you're a specialist, so you specialize in, I, there was a woman I worked uh, talk to and she specializes in designing for hospitals and noise in particular. So really um, looking at uh, the amount of noise in a room and that what that does for someone's health. She's a specialist in that. So, so people are going to call her for probably all over the world on that, depending on how many folks are in there. So contrast and scale is really who you are and where is that going to take you? I'm a little bit biased in that, oh yeah, I, I I get this. I understand. I understand the process. I understand how and why you do this. You're just applying it in a different way than I than I do. Um, so that's you know, I guess that's on my side. Um, what was so Jay? You mentioned um, I forget how you put it, but you mentioned that you got some sound advice. What's your biggest takeaway from the conversation? Yeah. So the the concepts were concepts that I've heard from you over the years for years right and it, and and i'm gonna say that that's all sound advice um and she was she wrapped it up as as with some art language um scale and context or i i don't i don't have it all but um but but she she did lean heavily on the idea that the you know the generosity and collaboration in the office or the um, is what prepares the office to be a welcoming artistic space that's ready to, that's prepared to create great things, I guess. Right. So, um, that's good advice, you know, be, be good to people and, and, and people will be good back. And, and if that means, you know, you're in an office and you're expecting people to, to produce, then people will produce because they're happy and they're creative. They're, you know, they're able to, they're, they have the freedom to be creative and, and to pr produce the work that you're looking to, to produce. Um, but I think I was, so I, you know, I, 
I look at my office and it feels to me a little bit like an art studio. Um, you know, there's everything but paint splatters on the on the walls. How does how does an artist approach their work? I think, and 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 a lot of artists, you know, just lock themselves away in their studio and and work. But but how do they get their work out there? Is is through their relationships? I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, what she did is is kind of like what Kirsten was talking about this morning. Like she just took these five concepts that artists use to create art, and then applied them to designing your career or your your practice, right? So contrast, scale, focal point, unity, and rhythm. So those would be art concepts. But then, so it was it was a lot simpler than I thought. Yeah, I, I mean, I think she talks about like you said the same thing that you talk about. She's just using this different vocabulary to highlight the steps I feel like right so but still still it's an interesting it's always interesting to hear a slightly different um approach so that you can think about these questions maybe a little bit differently and get more clarity around each one of them I, I think another I, I hope a big takeaway for everybody is because this bothers me sometimes you know we we have conversations like we have all week we've talked about you know have you how do you design your work and your life and how do you create culture in the workplace and things like that and even back to the the week uh, two weeks ago when we talked to jesse cole and um you know like like you said jay so i i would never wear a yellow tuxedo and top hat um i fall into this trap i know so i'm pretty sure that i'm not the only one is a lot of times we're not as thoughtful and intentional and purposeful as we could or should be. And intent, intentional was the word that that Jane used a lot. I told the story the other day of, I forget what, our, it was the, when we were talking about designing your work in your life, where I woke up one morning and, and asked myself, self, um, wh when did I decide to uh, start a social media agency and I never decided to start that that was an evolution that happened because I just kept saying yes and that's not what I wanted to do um, I had built that I had people working with me on that and I had clients and, and now I have to if that's not what I want to do I've got to pivot out of that but I guess to to bring it back around I had not intentionally or purposefully built that it was just I made decisions that allowed that to happen um, and then went how did I get here and how do I get out of here um, and, th and there's nothing wrong with building a social media agency to be clear but that's not what I had intended there was nothing intentional really about that and I, I think that I think that happens to a lot of us or maybe I'm the only one I don't know you're not the only one I thought it was interesting when I, uh, she was talking about having this informational interview with that woman on the phone and how that she felt like that was like art because they were present and focused on each other. I just got off the phone with a woman who was introduced to me. I was uh, kind of a networking situation. And I left that meeting with a lot of appreciation, a lot of sort of awe, a huge connection with her. Um, it's like, I want to know more about her. It was a really great moment, 30 minutes of moments. And so what is that 
looking like and feeling like with you every day. And she was present. She was asking questions. I was present. We were asking questions. It just created a beautiful transaction, you know, and something I'll remember versus working with someone that I'm not going to remember at all at the end of the day. I think it's those moments that you leave. It was a good reminder to be present with people. And I don't know about you. I don't know how all of you feel when you're present with people. But when I'm present, I feel like there's this force in my upper body that's just pressing out. And it's actually kind of uncomfortable. It's a little bit uncomfortable. And um, so I know when I'm not being present because I don't feel that. Is it uncomfortable in a good way or a bad way? That's a very interesting question, Jeff. Can you be uncomfortable in a good way? Well, it's I a good thing yes. because it's like a physical... Um, it's like I can feel that I'm being present because I feel it, right? So it's good in that way. It's uncomfortable in that I don't love the feeling. It's a little bit like crawling out of my skin a little. Um, so I need to like practice being able to do it for more than 20 seconds or then a minute, you know, because it's pretty intense feeling. I think that that feeling, I was, I was interesting how you just described the, the, it as being something pressing in, not pressing out or pushing out. Um, in that when you're present, because when you're you're present with, I would think, I imagine that's I'm, I'm picturing it that when you're present with someone, you're focused on that interaction, and it becomes very internal and closed. And so the feeling, and that's what I'm trying to put put, um, I guess, related to pushing out because by being present with where, who you're with, everything else is no longer you're no longer aware of it, or it's no longer pushing on you. So maybe that that pushing out is you not not being aware of the pressure in from the other other things. And so, you know that that that's I'm, just, I'm trying to get a sense of the the pushing in, pushing out, how that means, what that means to being present, because you're focused on the thing internal, and this external stuff is no longer in your mind. So whatever was pushing against it to keep it balanced, we now you've ignored it. So you're pushing out against nothing anymore because you you're not. You're not aware of it or not thinking about true, it. True, true. Yeah, I think that might be it. Yeah, it's kind of like your energy. You know how some people like they ask, tell you to feel your life energy. So I guess that's what I'm feeling my life energy. So that's your all chi. I'm feeling, and I can be with that person, I your guess. Chi. Your chi. I'm not very deep, Ken. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm hearing is, it, it, is Catherine's energy is pushing out to the other person to reach out to the other person. Yeah, I'm glad you described it that way because that's what I was wondering about is one of the at some point I felt this or learned this, found a way to, to connect with this. When I, when I'm speaking at a conference or whatever it is, and I'm on stage, when I'm what I would describe as present, which is exactly what you're saying, it's connecting with everybody else in a room. And, and like you said, Ken, it's the outside stuff has gone away. It's I've somehow I've got this connection with the people in the room, um, that's when I know that I'm at my best, right? When I'm when I'm up there and I'm speaking, I'm present, and we're we're having this connection. That's actually what I crave right now because speaking has has been so few and far between, or uh, speaking opportunities have been so few and far between during you know the pandemic and everything. But there's, and that's why I asked if that was a good thing or a bad thing because to me when I can get to that point, some people might call it flow or, you know, have some other, some other descriptions of it. But I feel like when I can get to that point, I'm, 
I'm absolutely at my best in, in that context, in that public speaking context. And now that I say that out loud, I can totally see why Jane would describe that as art because to me in that context, that is my best art. And if I'm, I'm up there, I'm present, I'm connecting, um, present. Yeah, that, that's definitely my best art when it comes, comes to speaking. So I thank you for that description, that explanation of that. And I guess it would feel uncomfortable if we were so accustomed to not being present with what we're doing, but being distracted and connected to a multitude of things that when you do become present and do focus, regaining that energy becomes something you're not used to feeling. So, you know, is it, it's a good thing. You just haven't been experiencing it enough. You know, if you're working with her, you're, you're getting all of these bits and pieces because she's, she's an organizational designer. We didn't really talk about organization design. I don't think that much during the conversation, but when she, she dropped little things about talking to a principal of a firm about the value that he really brings and, and how to be most productive and, oh yeah, she's talking about organization design and, and how we actually get things done as a group also individually personally you know those those types of things that was an aha to remember that organization design is really what she's talking about let's take a quick break to share more about our sponsors i'll bet you have ideas about how to improve the profession of architecture incarb wants to hear from you their ongoing analysis of practice study is your opportunity to shape the future of architecture. Share your experiences and your insights from working in architecture and tell NCARB what you wish they would do better. Your feedback is important because it will help guide changes to the national experience and examination programs for architects, and it will impact what being a licensed architect could look like. Whether you're an architect or you work with architects, NCARB wants to hear from you. Make sure that your voice is heard. Contribute to the analysis of practice study today. Sign up at NCARB.org slash AOP. And now, let's get back to the conversation. I don't think about the design and the organization. You know, we think about design as what we do. We don't think about designing how we do what we do. I think that's an important point, right? It, it's back to that intentionality, right? Okay, well, I've got to get these drawings out today or whatever the thing is. Um, are we actually designing the way that we're, um, you know, Jay, you mentioned uh, uh, Jesse Cole, right? They intentionally design every interaction. Of course, their business is very different than architecture. It's the Savannah Bananas baseball team. It's entertainment, but they intentionally design every single interaction down to, you know, you order something um, off their website or you get tickets to a game or you show up and all of those things. Are we, are we being that thoughtful about how we work? I guess you certainly are about the designs and the details and the codes and, you know, all of that. But are we being as thoughtful about designing how we do it as what we do? I think once you mentioned that about the design firms, the 
it may be great architects, but it's a terrible place to work. Is that's part of that intentionality of designing, designing the environment that people work is not pleasant for them to be creative. So, but I've I've known places where it was very pleasant to work. If you create the intention and you create conditions that a great collaborate, because we we all have to collaborate. I don't care if you have your own business or not. Where collaborations are exquisitely thought through and arranged. You're going to sleep better at night. You're the re, you know, the result of the building is going to be better. So how do you exquisitely think through and arrange what you're doing every day? And that's really what a lot of this is about. It's really being intentional about those things. You know, what she was talking about that, that, that environment that encouraged creativity was there and it was i don't know if it was by design but it was there uh, i guess that the thing if we can pick up on what is what are the what are the tips and tricks and details and things you do so that you can do it by design i feel like we talk about this topic over and over and over and over again so just with people with different um ways of looking at it because we talk about our ideal clients we talk about the client experience how we want to stand out what do you have to offer that's different it's just a different way of, you know, it's just a different way of looking at it. I did like her concept of scale, though. I mean, to think about uh, the scale, you want to be local, national. So, I mean, that's that's an easy one. I think that's why I like it. It was a good reminder to me, to say, you know, this continued conversation, like Catherine's saying, that, that we continue to have this conversation about intentionally making decisions, saying yes and saying no, who we are and who we're not. And it all comes boils down to, for me, you know, what are my core values? And so, and so as long as I, and I have to be continually reminded of what my core values are because um, I can, I can get distracted by pretty objects and, you know, something pulls me one way or the other and I go, well, that's nice, but that's not my core value. That's not my, my, my ultimate goal. And my, and, and so if I'm, so I need to have the core value and then make intentional decisions and decide who I am and who I'm not based on those core values. And I, and I guess, you know, we keep having that conversation because you can't have it too much. It all boils down to that, like just trying to figure out how we're going to craft our businesses, I think. So it's not just about making money, but in order to be a successful business and to make money, we need to figure all this other stuff out. Like she was saying, was she saying that at the end of end of our talk about how if you if you um, if you do this, your business will take off, you know, if you figure out who you want to be. But I, I think you just mentioned mentioning scale. We're, we're we all started here. Now we're all small, small firm architects with so small practices. I think if you use your analogy to sailing, you know, getting something moving, a small small shops probably have a little different dynamic than a large shop when it comes down to setting goals and setting um, stands and priorities. And like Jay was saying about, you know, determining who you are and what your values are and how you adjust to them. Um, yeah, I like, the, I like the shiny things too, but I'm also driving a small, small ship where if I want to make a right-hand turn in the middle of going somewhere, I can do that and then make a left to get right back on course. If I'm driving a, you know, the SS Titanic design firm, <laughs> I, I can't dodge the iceberg, you know, if you're set in a certain way and you need to make a shift, 
you just can't because of the machine that you're driving. And, you know, I think I, I haven't heard that really addressed in, in those discussions. Like I said, Catherine, we've been talking about the same thing over and over again, but I don't know if we were really introduced or talked about the scale factor that, you know, we're small and I can, I can turn on a dime, but if I'm growing, I can't turn on a dime. She talks about scale in a different way. Jane talks about scale in a different way. It, it's she, she talks about specialist, generalist, general specialist that that's sort of like a regional person. So I think in, in her language, that's a little different maybe than the way we normally think about it. You know, in, in Entree Architect, as a community, we focus on the business of architecture, right? We're not really talking about design, how you design things in the purest sense of the word, design. Uh, so we, we talk about the business of architecture a lot. And of course, we want to focus on on building a strong, profitable business. But I also think there's this, uh, and it comes into play in a lot of these conversations, as you said, and definitely in this one, I believe. I want to build, I want to build a good business by whatever metrics you measure that. But I also want to build a business that I want. You know, I think that really comes into play in what Jane is talking about. She starts out with a with contrast, what sets you apart, and then she goes to scale. You know, which is essentially where where are you doing it? I'm gonna I'm gonna describe it that way. Hopefully I got that right. Um, but then the focal point, right? What what are your clients? And to me, that's sort of the the middle of the Venn diagram. It's what do your clients say about you? What do you believe about you? What does your work say about you? And boil that down into three words. And I have a process about that too. And she's exactly right. It is hard. It is time consuming. But when you can get, as you were saying, Jay, it's easy for us to forget about she talks about the mission statement, the vision statement. It's, it's easy for us to get off track and, you know, forget about why we're doing this, et cetera. So how do we get back there to use the sailing analogy? What's what's our North Star, that focus, focal point that she talks about, those three words that really kind of define um, what we're all about can can be that thing she mentioned it has to be memorable can be that thing that gets us back on, on track. Uh, when I'm thinking about business and you know, how I work and things like that, how do I, how do I keep it on track or, or get it back to on track? Because it's not going to stay on track. I used to do that a lot with firms, uh, not as much recently. So I've been through that process, but I think it's a really good process for people to go through, you know, and it's, a lot of people, I think it, it seems very ethereal. Oh, what do you mean? Come up with three words, you know? Well, I mean, we're talking about, there, there's all kinds of versions of this. This, this might be your why, your Simon Sinek why. It might be your um, uh, Roy Spence purpose. It, you know, there's, there's different, different versions of it, but you know, what is it that sums up what you're all about, I think is the way that, that Jane describes it. And going back to that idea of building the business that I want to build, if what I'm doing, if the way I'm doing it doesn't match up with these three words, then something, you know, I, I need to steer, right? I need to, I need to pivot and, and get the, get the little, the little, my mind's a dinghy. Right. It's, it's not the Titanic. Get my little dinghy back on, 
on course. This episode of the Context and Clarity podcast is supported by InCarb. You have the power to influence the future of how architects are educated, trained, and licensed. Take the analysis of practice survey today. Well, what did you think? Did you hear something in there that you can use in your practice today? If you are so inspired by this conversation that you'd like to watch the entire Context and Clarity live episode, head on over to the Entree Architect YouTube channel. There's a playlist there that has all of the full Context and Clarity live episodes. And if you want more of the Context and Clarity podcast delivered to you every week, give us a thumbs up and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts. If you like content like this, check out Gable Media. It's a multimedia network for people that care about the built environment, and it's the home of Context and Clarity. With Gable's growing family of podcasts and video channels, I know you'll find something there that interests you. You can learn more at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And one last thing before you go. If the topic of today's episode is of particular interest to you, join me over on Facebook today at 4 p.m. Eastern inside the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. That's where every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern, I host Context and Clarity Conversations, and we take topics like this, and we dig deeper. We have a conversation in real time to try to find more clarity around the things that matter most to you. So thanks for listening. I hope our time together has inspired you to think about your community and your practice and how you can support those around you. We'll be back here again next week. And in the meantime, I hope you'll join me and the Entree Architect community on Facebook today at 4 p.m. Eastern so that we can help each other find more clarity around the topics that matter most, no matter what your context is. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? 
Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.